Bonsoir, mes camarades de jeu, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is Reign of Terror. It was developed by Mark Morrison and is available on the Chaosium website. Our maitre de jeu is Mick Swan, and this is episode 10, which is the beginning of the second part of this scenario, or this uh, campaign. So, without any further delays, commence notre voyage dans le ténèbre. Mick? Thank you, Tom. It is 1794. Five years have passed since the events of part one. The heady days of July 1789 saw the people take their plans in government, take, take their place in government, with the Women's March on Versailles in October, forcing the King and Queen to return to Paris permanently. Soon, the King and Queen attempted to escape to Austria in, 17, in 1791, but were discovered and marched back. The attack on the Tuileries in August, 19, in August 1792 brings them out of their palace and the monarchy is formally dissolved in September 1792. The Anchon regime ends in blood as Louis XVI is found guilty of treason and executed by guillotine on January the 20th, 1793 in the Place de la Révolution, formerly known as the Place Louis XV. The king dies facing the blank pedestal where the statue of his grandfather has been torn down. This act outrages the crown heads of Europe. The new republic is now at war. And forced conscription raises a militia to fight off the Austrians, Prussians, Spanish, Sardinians, British and royalist forces within France itself. Such tensions lead to the terror a renewed outburst of execution by guillotine beginning in October 1793 with Marie Antoinette, one of its first victims. The guillotine rose and fell almost non-stop from October to December 1793. And it surged again from March 1794 with the execution of Danton and continues to the present in July of this year. The Committee of Public Safety meet under the direction of Robespierre. And as hysteria takes hold, it is hard to determine who is an enemy of the revolution and who is merely unfortunate. It is a hot summer night on the 2nd of June, 1794, or 14 2, as it is now known in the new Republican calendar adopted last October. Paris stinks of blood. The daily red mass of decapitation continues at the Place de la Révolution conflated by citizen Robespierre's purges into La Grande Terre, uh, the mass of a very different kind will be held in six days' time on 20th of 20 Prayer Rule 2, that's June the 8th, when the festival of the Supreme Being, the new state religion authored by Robespierre himself, takes place. The black carts roll in again from the cemeteries of Paris as bones are once again being ferried to the catacombs. People remember this gruesome work from before the revolution. Some wait around to see if there's employment on the night. Once again, you have been ordered to wait outside the catacombs for the night's first cart to arrive. Kings fall. New ways of life rise from the ashes of the old. The wheel turns 
things go on and yet somehow everything remains static for you back to the same job a small crowd of people is gathered ready to help unload <laughs> six carts pull in eventually drivers faces are grim and the, the horses twitch their ears and roll roll their eyes as, as, as though they're spooked by something there are no priests alongside these carts to bless the dead. The lead cart has a dozen silent passengers in the bank, sitting amidst the bones. Curiously, each of them wears a rough hessian sack with, with two rude eye holes um, over their head. You recognize riding alongside the first cart, um, Lucien Rigaud, Dr. Rigaud you knew before but um, barely recognize him he is a, a, a man transformed he is uh, leaner he has none of that um, nervous energy or shortness of breath of old he rides easily swinging down off the horse with perfect with purpose he is no longer Dr. Rigaud, as the committee has disbanded all medical associations and given permission to anyone who wishes to practice medicine. He is now simply Citizen Rigaud. His face is chalk white. Last time you saw him, he achieved that effect by wearing makeup. But now it just seems to be his own pallor. He wears a high ja high collared jacket um, and uh, orders the hooded passengers to commence unloading. They each disembark without word, picking up an armful of skulls and various other bones and walking stiffly to the catacombs entrance. Rigaud then addresses Sergeant Babin and... Uh, orders you to clear out the crowd. It's, just get those ruffians out of here. There's, there's no, one, no, no more workers needed tonight. Just get them to clear off. Um, then once, once you've got rid of them, just, uh, uh, just guard the entrance. But for goodness sake, get rid of that rabble. So be it, citizen. You are the man. Let's get these rabble out of here. I'm going to pull my gun from my uh, waistcoat and uh, fire it in the air and, shout, and just shout out to the uh, crowd, you there, disperse. Ah, well, okay, before you do that, there was something I was, I was going to bring up, which I'd forgotten to mention um, before, um, which I'd, I'd like you all to do uh, now. Those of you who have firearms which I believe is all of you. Mm -hmm. um, could you please roll for me uh, 1d12 plus 3? 6. 6. 7. A total of 14. Ooh. Oh, well done. Okay, well, that number, whatever it might be, uh, that is the number of uh, shots you have the number of musket balls that you have. Okay. Now, you probably have more powder than musket balls, 
which uh, does give you the option at any day. And he said, if you wanted to, you could just load powder and fire a warding shot with that to conserve ammunition. Um, that wouldn't leave you, 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 you haven't got a perfectly rationed ratio of powder and shot. You know, so you probably got a little over. So you're okay. And obviously, bullets are hard to come by. So <clears throat> they are. It is not unknown for um, soldiers in in these days of privation to uh, cut musket balls out of their enemies and then uh, melt them down and recast them later. Um, in common with most uh, other soldiers in the city. Um, it has been some time since you've actually been paid. And uh, let, let us say that um, standards, as a result, have become a, a little relaxed amongst the soldiery. Um, in, in that, um, should you see something lying around that looks like it might be worth a few sous, um, the, the, the temptation is very much there to uh, pick it up and either sell it to buy food or more often trade it directly for food. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's everything is very much hand to mouth, even for you as, sorry, the heat, there's a crane flying, there's loads of crane flies. Well, there's dead people in my house. <laughs> I, I assume then by what you're just saying is we're all together. Uh, yes, so yes, we're all, you're we're all being, um, Is it dark outside? Uh, yes, it is. Well, Listen here, you rabble. You heard what the sergeant said. Get the hell out of here. And I wave my bayonet at them with, with my gun. I'll backhand a few of them if they're... It's, 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 a, very, it's, it's a warm and um, very close um, summer night. So, uh, to be honest with you... Uh, not a great night for standing around wearing um, thick, itchy woolen. Yeah. Um, These goddamn things are driving me crazy. And, and, and I, such, such is the weather that you, you really have all, all been spending, even uh, Sergeant Baban, all of you have been doing pretty much anything you can to avoid actually going into the catacombs um, because you know how horribly oppressively hot it is down there um and in this weather it is truly awful and that you're surprised that um uh anyone can bear to work, work down there and i suppose it's uh, it's no surprise then that uh, uh Rigaud's workers are all wearing sacks over their head and anything's worth go to stop the smell but my by god they must be hot in those things and this is unusual for us to see them wearing these sacks is this like the first time we've seen that normally um i mean you've been doing this job on and off for five years you know it's got to the it's got to the point where you've you've done this detail so many times that now the brass don't even think about who they're going to send to do this detail You've got lumbered with this now. You know, sim simply by force of repetition, this has become your job. Hmm. Sometimes, Christoph, I think that maybe we died five years ago, and this is hell. Hey, do not forget, there are perks to this job. Oh, my you God. Put your finger up the bums of those uh, corpses. Some of them may have rings hidden. 
You've all, I mean, you've all, you've all enjoyed a certain, there, there's a certain degree of notoriety that came from being part of the raid on the Chateau Fenelic. Um, you were uh, um, very, very much, you know, striking a blow against the decadent aristocracy at a very well-timed moment. So in that, in that respect, you know, you've, you've, you've got quite sort of um, reasonable revolutionary credentials. Beaumann, who isn't here and is probably at another one of his meetings, um, he's been doing particularly well with the, uh, the, the, the whole revolutionary thing. He's, he's very much in, in, in with the crowd there. Um, <clears throat> for some of, the, some of the rest of you, well, Dupois, you're kind of tolerated. Um, as long as I can have something to drink. Yes. And uh, I look forward to the day when somebody puts a bullet through my head so all of this shit can be over. Well, all the others of you, you've done quite well. Um, Baban and, and Ugel, you've, you've both done okay. You know, you've kept your heads down and you, you've made it through the... The, the, the transition of power without um, making any real enemies. Um, How has Melody's family fared through all of this? Very, very poorly. Um, her father was uh, executed actually quite recently, only a, a couple of months ago, but that uh, paved the way for your, your romance. And uh, about three weeks ago, you were married. Um, however, it was somewhat bittersweet, given that uh, your wife's father had only recently died, and uh, the novelty period is wearing off now. And, and a few weeks in, you've uh, you've begun to glimpse the uh, the very real problems of. Uh, trying to keep a wife and start a family in a time like this. It is difficult to find food for yourself, let alone two people. Especially a wife who is used to such luxury in the past. Oh, it, it, mm. it, it, is, it is hard to keep her from being upset by these new conditions. Oh, it's um, not her. It's not, her, it's not what she's used to. Her father had... Uh, had entertained her with all kinds of stories of uh, the various uh, riches he had secreted here and there in case of emergencies, and uh, sadly, the, uh, the 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 secret of all that went with him, and she is simply <laughs> penniless. As are you now? Oh. You know, you survived for for the you paid for the wedding and survived for a little while by selling her jewelry, but. That's all gone, and even then, when you're selling jewelry in Paris at the moment, there's even the, the pawnbrokers won't give you a fair price. Now, Nick, being that I have such a high sleight of hand, spy hidden, and stealth, every opportunity I get that I feel I can get away with something, I'm just going to pocket it. Okay, I will. But I'm I'm fair with with the group. Also, I've been trying to like feed us all, and if, if I can. I'll make a quick note of that. Mm -hmm. Possible ninja looter. 
<laughs> well, I got a 70 straight on the board on sleight of hand, spy hidden, and stealth. So I'm going to take, you know, desperate times calls. Oh, no, this is, I mean, this is, it's not something any of you are proud of, but you've all done it. You've oh, yeah. all done it. And, some, and, and as, a, as, a, as a provisioner, gel, you know, you've... Exactly. Exactly. You know, thing, things have things have gone missing and ended up in in, in, in your pocket or pack. You know, just to, to no no question agreed. Not trying to sell anything or, or enrich yourself or profit from anything, but just purely to just staunch the hunger. I, yeah. I imagine too that if if we have any kind of uniforms left at all, they're threadbare and filthy. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, your uh, your your the patches are probably the the most presentable bit mm -hmm. of your uniforms at this stage. Um, the the main thing distinguishing you as um, uh, a soldier of the national army is that you wear a tricolor uh, rosette, and you know in com in comparison to to what many of the the uh, the soldiers are wearing, you're quite smartly turned out. I mean, you have they're, they're they're patched and, and and they're scruffy but and and dirty but but they're they're still um the uniforms of soldiers whereas for for many soldiers the most they they can muster is a is a a hat or a jacket right um and and, uh, and, and, a, and a lot of the new recruits a lot of the militia in particular um uh you you'll catch them uh, looking at your your boots with uh uh, quite a dangerous look of, of jealousy in their My eye. My boots come and get them. That's the advantage of uh, escorting the dead there. <laughs> Do and we remember, silverware can be melted down to make bullets. So. Sure. Do we, um, do we have a place where we bivouac, or are we like bivouacked in a burnt-out building, or do we have a barracks? Um, your barracks, such as it is, um, well, you were barracked. You are technically barracked um, at the same place you, you were before. But um, realistically, um, for the most part, um, you've been living uh, in a, a tent and an old shack. Um, just just on the outskirts of, of where you're working at the catacombs, there's a well there. And uh, if they hadn't burned Finnedick's house to the ground, we could have made a palace over there. Aye. You, you, rabble, get out of here. Back off. So, where's the prince? Our petty prince. He's not wrong, Prince. <laughs> I don't know. Has he been eaten? <laughs> lingerie? No, no. If you if you were to go back over to the the uh, the, the the tent and your and your camp now, you you would find that there would be a um a scruffy looking guard dog, <laughs> scruffy looking dog, with with more more than a more than a hint of bulldog about him <laughs> uh, just lazing about as i say it's a very hot evening it's it's too hot for dogs has a right idea it's too hot to do anything he's he's asleep well did anybody bring any wine i suppose we're not supposed to drink on duty 
Who's going to complain? The corpses? Exactly. Well, in that case... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to actually... I'm, I'm going to... I think... I'm going to do something. Hang on. To think after all these years we have come to this. All right, you've been standing there on guard for about 15 minutes and... Uh, Come to it. We never left. With, with, without without looking at you or acknowledging you in any way, uh, Rigaud, citizen Rigaud, as he is now, um, walks back out from the catacombs, across to uh, another of the carts, gestures to a, a, a trio of his workers, uh, and and they take um, three more piles of. Um, almost exclusively skulls this time, uh, off into the catacombs. And he just marches behind them, not carrying anything, just marches behind them. Rigo walks back in past you. And uh, just as he's walking uh, through you, um, through your line, he has a uh, call to pause. And... Uh, for a moment, he just stops, and uh, he looks at Ugel, uh, and he ponders a moment, and then he says, um, I know you from somewhere, don't I? Um, well, all of us spoke before the raid on Fenelik's uh, manor. Oh, yes, 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 uh, yes, yes, of course, you uh, did me, um, I, I mean, you did France a very great service. And, um, make a psychology role for me. Uh, 81. Um, no. I'll let the other three also make psychology roles. Yeah, 33 out of 40. Base success. Uh, nope. I failed by two. Papan, you're, um, you're standing just behind Ugel when, um, Rigo says this to him. And, um, There's something, there's something kind of odd um, about the way that uh, Rigaud smiles as, as he says that. Um, almost something threatening. Is it a familiar kind of threat? Um, it just, it just feels as though there was possibly some just very subtle implication of, of a threat, um, just get the feeling that maybe, um, despite there, there being no, no actual, um, vocalization of, 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 of any antagonism that the, 
yeah, like the, the, there's just something about the tone of it. Just, just made you feel that he was making it very clear that he has noticed you, and noticing you is not going to be good for you. It was, it was that kind of thing. I gotcha. Okay. See what like, he called. Oh, I'm sorry. Like almost like he didn't. Initially, it was like almost like he didn't like the idea that he'd just been reminded that you existed. See when and you, you, and you see, and, and as, as, as you're watching his reaction as well, you're, you're watching his, his eyes are darting between the other three of you, and, and he's coming to the realization that he knows exactly who all four of you are. You can see that that look of familiarity growing in his eyes. But he says no more and just um, takes up uh, his his lantern. Lifts his lantern up again and, and, and carries on after the, the three workers who are now trotting a, 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 a few paces or quite a while, quite a way ahead of him. Um, ah, the years have not been good to Dr. Rogol. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of lean towards the group and they're like, I don't think he is happy to have recognized us. But he, it, did, he did say we did him a favor. And then corrected himself. Well, he was one of the ones who uh, orchestrated us going to Fenelik and destroying him. That is true. He got me so nervous. I was trying to remember if I stole something from him to feed yeah. us. So I, I kind of panicked. <sighs> he He's looking a bit pasty. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't. Well, funny, funny you should say that because um, I'll tell you what, actually. <laughs> Give me a spot hidden roll. There we Yes. Um, no. Asked, uh, hard success. Well, hard success. Regular success. Okay. Well, those of you who got the hard success, because this is definitely a hard or or um, or over uh, um, situation. Um, He's, he was wearing a high-collared jacket. Mm -hmm. um, In the heat. Yeah, you, there was some... You've noticed before he was looking quite pale. Um, as he walked past you, you just got a glimpse of this sort of kind of mottled... Um, any way I can describe it, like a sort of mottled patch on 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 his neck, like there's some some sort of pigment problem or a big birthmark or something. Mm. It seems very um, very apparent given how pale he is. You certainly never noticed it about the man before that he had this uh, big mottled birthmark on his neck, but um, but then bear in mind also that he was previously he was always uh, covered with powder. Mm -hmm. So this is probably um, first time in many years that his his neck's seen the light of day. Is this the first time we've seen him since uh, the Fenelik events? It is. Yes, the last time you saw him um, was when he was handed the uh, the books and documents you'd found in the cellar, and uh, had had rushed off to. Uh, with the aim of finding someone who could translate them and, and find out more about them. 
She's strange. Perhaps the good doctor has been spending too much time reading those books we gave him last time. What do you mean? What Who knows? The count, the count, uh, he dabbled in things man was not meant to know. Perhaps, perhaps. I, uh, I would have thought all those things were burnt eventually. Oh, but uh, I don't know. It's difficult to decide whether he is acting strangely or not. He is uh, a man who barely recognized us uh, five years ago. Uh, we were just soldiers who did work. And now here he is not recognizing us again until he looks into Eugel's face. Obviously, the uh, good doctor is uh, a capable man to survive these kind of times with the connections that he had. So who knows? Was this usual, uh, usual that they'd be taking down so many skulls and not as many bodies? Um, well, the, the, yeah, the, I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of executions going on. There are, there are bones, there are normal, the other, other body bones, as it were. Okay. Um, piled up in some of the other carts, but then, um, uh, the, the, the first two carts, as far as you can see, are, are, are very heavy on the skulls. And he does not look in good shape. Although, to be honest, he never looked like he was in good shape. Why do you suppose he just keeps tonight? I'm sorry, what, what did you say, Christoph? I wonder why he came tonight. I mean, it, yeah, there's more bodies going in, and we watch the bodies go in, but why him? Why, why tonight? I just had the realization that this all started for us five years ago in this same place, in the same time. I don't like this feeling now. What did he say to you, Eugène? Uh, um, if he knew me from somewhere, or don't I know you from somewhere, I believe. But mm -hmm. I remember doc the doctor being a fairly sickly individual, and he came in, jumped off his horse, walked around. He was kind of, he would be fairly sick. He always had a handkerchief. Quite the terribly sorry, I've forgotten um, a salient point of information that I should have given you earlier in the game, uh, which is that um, Captain Malon um, was uh, executed. Um, oh dear. He was, he was uh, put to death about uh, five weeks ago. Okay. As, uh, at, Do we know why? He was a counter-revolutionary. Oh. Um. We almost all were counter-revolutionary. Yeah, ev everyone who is executed is a counter-revolutionary. Well, and I was... By, I, by definition. If we, uh, if we hadn't been so in opposition to the aristocracy after what happened to us five years ago, we might have been executed. I, I would have been in defense of the king up until that point. It's after that that I was like, not so sure that the aristocracy needed or deserved our protection. <sighs> Something bothers me. You, you say he said, don't I recognize you? Those words ring in my ears from somewhere. It's, uh, 
when Fenelik talked to Babon the first time. Yes. Yes, and uh, the only time we had seen him before then was his uh, midnight carriage ride through our little uh, our little guard duty in this exact spot. Could all of you make a spot hidden roll for me, please? Oh, nine. Oh, 15. Not this time. Just a regular. I'm going to give this one to Ugel. Okay. Um... Michelle, you've you've been doing this job a while now, you know, and it's no fun, and you know it back to front. You know it back to front because there's hardly anything to know about it. You stand around, you count the carts going in, the people going in. You make sure the same number of people come out of the catacombs as went into the catacombs. Um and you stop anyone from coming in and stealing shit. It's a very simple remit. Um, but you've got used to the way things are done and the way things happen. And you're used to seeing the workers trudging in and out of the different galleys, moving the bones, stacking the bones, are you looking down the, the, the down the tunnel, um, just towards the uh, the stairs, and um, it suddenly strikes you that um, even though you saw the doctor carrying a lantern when he went into the catacombs, and there are men, presumably men working, oh, you didn't see their faces, working in the catacombs, um, no one seems to have lit the lamps on the stairs going down into the tunnels. Huh. I mean, there are lamps hanging up um, by the entrance where you are, um, which are intended for people to carry with them into, into the tunnels. Um, all but one of those lamps is still hanging there, presumably the one Rigaud took down with him. Um, but none of the other lamps have been taken, and uh, and the stairs appear to be in complete darkness. Uh, Dupois, or Babon, Sergeant, uh, it, it's... Refresh my memory, but it's pretty dark down in the tombs, is it not? Dreadfully so. Mm, none of our friends took lanterns down except the one that uh, a Citizen Rigaud had brought with him. Yeah, but weren't they, all, they were all carrying body parts. Who was going to carry a lantern too? Well, how are they seeing while they're down there right now if Rigaud brought the other lamp? Well, he, that's what he, you said, right? Rigo went down with the lamp, right? I mean, we've walked those stairs day in and day out. We know them like the back of our hand because we've been here for five damn years. But these peasants who have been here maybe a few times with hoods on their heads are traversing these stairs with arms full of bones in the dark. Something's not right. 
I don't know. If those brutes want to slam their way down the stairs, I say, let them have it. I'm not going to hold a lamp for them. Just something, a bell went off in my head when I looked down there. I, uh, I, hmm, I think I might have an idea of what's going on, but I don't know if my character should. <laughs> As Hugel talks, I'm going to start checking out the cart, looking to see if there's anything of uh, interest in it. Might give us an idea of what, what uh, Citizen Brigo is up to. Uh, each, each cart has a driver. Um, the drivers are just sort of quite bored looking men. Are they wearing, so they're not wearing hoods? Nope. Just normal carters. Um, one of them is, uh, the the one on the first, uh, cart is, is smoking a pipe from the smell of the, uh, and the smell of it, you you you, you get the impression that um, there's 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 probably not very much real tobacco in that tobacco. It's 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 got it's it's got quite a bonfirey smell to it. So as with everything else, tobacco is running out. My uh, my friends, I am very unnerved. I'm unnerved by everything that happened five years ago. Every night I have nightmares about our confrontation with Fenelik. And now I hear this voice from the past and I am very nervous. And I am remembering one thing that chills me to the bone. And that was that Fenelik could control the dead. Yeah, we were attacked by them. Indeed. And Dr. Rigo is so pale. Hmm. That is what spooks me. How pale this is he... nonsense. This is absolute and sheer nonsense that That's I, what... I am thinking. But now you say they can walk down into the catacombs without any light source. I think when one of them comes up, we should pull its hood off. Exactly what I was thinking. I think That's... we should scratch Dr. Rago and see if he bleeds. Perhaps, Eugel, you are a little careless with your bayonet across your shoulder and it pulls a hood from one of them. But um... if we are wrong, we will violate poor Dr. Rago. Well, what I was thinking was maybe I could sneak down the stairs a little bit and see if I could hear them talking, or just see if I could notice anything unusual in the dark. You may pass out from the heat down there. <laughs> and if I'm, they can see in the dark, they may see you before you see them. I never thought of them seeing in the dark. Maybe we'll wait till they come back up. <laughs> well, if we want to see under their hoods, let's just accuse one of them of theft and then demand that they rip their hood off. Just take the hood off. Just take yeah, it off. Just reach out and rip off. it off of their head. I will do that. Someone make the accusation, and I'll reach and I'll reach out and rip a hood off. I am making sure that my gun is loaded. 
Well, yeah. every every now and every now and then, um, they tend to um, appear in pairs. Every now and then, a pair of the workers ascends the stairs, trudges um, past you, out to a cart, grab a big armful of bones, um, and they start trudging back in. And you only have to wait about five or six minutes before another pair of them. You can hear another pair of them. So when one... Clapping up the stairs. When they're about to pass in front, I'm going to use my bayonet to hook the top of his hood and flip it off. When their arms are already filled with bones, too. Yeah, that, that's a good <laughs> spot to do it. Okay. Um, oh, pardon, monsieur. Give me a dexterity roll, please. Okay. Can I stick someone through the head? <laughs> well, I did not pass. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, so sir, here's your yes. <laughs> the two, the two uh, workers um, trudge past you, and as the as the, uh, as, as the second of them walks past Dupois. Dupois sort of over his shoulder without looking, kind of just sort of like, goes like that with his bayonet and it just sort of flicks behind the guy's head. And it clearly doesn't, it doesn't notice that it's happened because there's no reaction at all from the, the man in the hood. <laughs> hey, the worker, he just keeps trudging on. I'll elbow uh, Pressy and uh, kind of stop in front of them. Hold on a moment there, my friend. I recognize those boots. Only one man who would have those boots. You're, you reach about that by the time you, you say, excuse me, my friend, and uh, by the time you get to the word friend, um, the, the, the guy is already walking past you. He's I'm going to stand in his way. No, no, no notice of you at all. Um, yeah. You stand in front of him, he walks around you. Pressy. I, I go up from behind <laughs> him, and, and, and just yank the hood off. Give me a strength roll, please. Okay. Uh, got a 64 at under 65. So I that'll just barely do. made it. That, that'll do. That'll do. Um, you don't need to be super strong. You just need to make it. Um, you, you can feel um, like some stitches breaking as you're pulling this hood. Like the hood is actually being sort of stitched to the um, uh, the coat tunic that, that this man is wearing, presumably so it doesn't fall off when working. Um, however, it's really, I suppose, it's, it's unfortunate that you, you should have been the one to... Um, to pull off this hood because you among everyone um, very much recognize the face that, that you see when you when you pull off that hood um, because that, that worker appears to be um, the late Comte de Benoit, uh, your your wife's father, um, or at least the the head appears to be that of the late 
Comte de Benoit because um, uh, as the uh, as the hood has been torn off, it's also uh, dishevelled this person's clothing and uh, the, the 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 rough tunic it's wearing has um, fallen across one shoulder and you do you realize that that in fact that what has the body of uh, the, the the head of the comp has uh, what appears to be quite a slim woman's body um and all of you can see this ah, um it's a monster it's uh, i'm afraid i'm gonna have to ask you all to make a, uh, a, a sanity roll um, which is which is going to be different for Pressy. That is my Melody's father. I just passed. I passed. Hard wow. pass. Okay, so so for the rest of you, um, a pass is uh, one point of sanity. Um, Pressy, what did you get? I pass? got a I, I my uh, I got a forty five under a fifty two. Okay, for you, I'm afraid, a pass because uh, you know this person personally. Sure, um, no mistake. That's, that, that's going to be 1d3 for you. And, um, and I'm sure Christoph screams. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he, he, he screams. Um, and at the moment this thing's face is exposed... Um, it drops the skulls it was it was holding, and this this look of just pure anger comes across it, and it sort of for the first time you, you see some indication of something behind the eyes, just for a second, and only in the sense that it just sort of darts looks around in front of itself um, for just a moment before his eyes go blank again, and it just launches itself um, at the nearest human being, which is, uh, in this case, of course, is, uh, is Pressy. Well, I would be behind him. Yeah, right I'm in the front. Oh, yes, you would be behind him, wouldn't you? Yeah, Sorry. yeah, I'm in the front. <laughs> so, Baban, yeah, so he'll, he'll launch himself at Baban. Then. <laughs> Not again. Sorry, Sorry Baban. Christo saw the face, so he must have come around. Maybe. Uh, yeah, or maybe when I, I pulled the hood off, it jerked his head, or he turned, he turned the look. Yeah. Oh. I mean, if I'm the target, I'm the target. That's yeah. Um, I want to ask a quick question before we move on. The 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 entrance to the catacombs. Is there any way to bar them? Is there a gate? Is there? Uh, uh, yes, there are. There are gates. Yes. All right. So, uh, Rico, this 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 um, Rico, a baban. This this thing is um, yeah. launching itself towards you. Um, I've got to find your dexterity. Uh, my dex is fifty. Your dex is fifty. Oh, okay, right. In that case, um, you're going first. So, I mean, this this thing you can see it is. Um, it's launching itself at you, but it's it's not a fast thing. Um, it's more uh, sort of stumbling and tottering towards you. 
Um, but I'm going to say that you've probably got, yeah, let's say you've got a chance of uh, an action before it makes contact with you. Okay. Well, I'm just going to pull the axe from my uh, belt and just kind of defensively kind of keep it, you know, keep, uh, keep it back. Just kind of like keep the creature at bay. Okay. Um, the creature is attacking. Okay, the, uh, the the creature swings a punch at you, but um, you're you're quite easily able to uh, to deflect its it, its attack with with your axe. Um, so the, the the rest of you are completely taken aback by this because um, this, this this what you assume to be a worker now this horrifying thing which has just launched itself. Um, Not this is this is horrifying, um, even more horrifying given. Given the years of relentless monotony doing this job, <laughs> nothing happens on this job. Nothing ever happens on this job. And then suddenly, tonight, this. Well, and how so, long has this been going on and we weren't aware of it? That's, that's terrifying. How about the rest of us? Do we have actions? Uh, yes, you do now. This turn, yes. And... Um, Something else as well, which is a, which is a strange thing, and um, I won't make you roll for it. I'll, I'll just give it to a random one of you. See if one of you isn't being attacked. Um, Dupois. Oui. Um, you can't help but notice that that as this thing is attacking uh, Baban, um, the other worker, because you remember, I said this into traveling pairs. Right. Um, the other worker is just stumbling past with its skulls. Okay. Oblivious to what's going on. Okay. Um, can I do something? Yes, you may. I, I lower my bayonet and I run forward to skewer the one that's going after Babon. And my intention is to push it back down into the tunnel and then lock the gate. Now, that's a lot of actions, but my, my character would yell out, you know, uh, push it back into the tunnel, secure the gate. Well, you're, I mean, you're about halfway between the, um, the, the tunnel entrance and the carts at the moment. Okay. So the tunnel is about 15 feet behind you. Okay. No, Dubois. We, we need this... We need this thing for evidence. There are more downstairs. We must, we must lock them down there. Let their evidence rot. Oh, we've talked about this before. Those things could open up out into countless places. They could see in the dark like you were suggesting. They're going to go. I only care about them coming out here right now. <laughs> um, I think the Count, wherever he is, locked up in uh, Charenton Asylum is somehow doing this. And uh, I'm, once again, I'm going to try to skew the guy and push him into the... <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on, give me, a, give me a bayonet roll. Okay. 20. And my bayonet is 
30. So, okay. Um, you say he's not moving fast. I really had to just walk up. He's not moving fast. I'm not going to make you roll for damage because you're, you're literally just like pushing the, the bayonet into him and into him stroke her and, and using it to uh, maneuver them. Yeah. Um, me, God damn it. It's actually considerably easier than you expected. Um, this, this, this thing doesn't seem to be particularly good at staying in one place. Um, so consequently you're able to sort of start sort of pushing it away. Um, and in pushing it backwards towards the, 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 the mouth of the tunnel, it, it doesn't, it, I mean, it clearly doesn't seem to understand what's going on. Right. So it's just, it's going backwards, but it's still trying to go forwards. It's still just like, railing at you, still trying to attack Baban, even though Baban's now like four or five feet away from it. Um, and just lashing out at everything around it. Okay. Just in, in a blind panic. And making this horrible, it's, it's kind of like a sort of, hissing noise, almost just like gas escaping from something. It's, it's, it's a, a very low sort of. <laughs> well, I, I have sound effects, but. Uh... <laughs> That'll do. <coughs> that's, like, that's, that's like... absolutely, that strips my throat. That has, I hope you understand the, the human cost of that sound effect. <laughs> yes, let me, let me do Foley things for things like that. Um, uh, so I'm pushing it back. I'm like, Help me, you fools. We've got to stop these things. We've got to contain them in the catacombs. I'll grab the gate so once he pushes it through, I could close the gate over. We could figure out the details later, but at least we will be able to, to run back out of this. I look over my shoulder. Have the drivers paid any attention to what just happened? Um, in the, um, one of them is sitting there dumbfounded. Uh, uh, one of them is is shouting at the one in front of him who is dumbfounded, and the one in the car at the back is going. You can just you you can just you can hear him cheering up his his, his horse and. But they're acting like humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 look like normal scared men. No psychology, no role needed. Okay, okay. terrified. So, Babon and Pressy, are you helping me? <laughs> um, let's see, you're pushing that one towards it. What of the one carrying its skeletal load? It's um, con continuing um, shuffling quite slowly towards the, uh, the mouth of the catacombs. It's almost at the... Uh, roughly where the gate is i mean i say there's a gate the gate there's a gate the gate is wide open um and in all the years you've been working this shitty detail um you've never actually seen anyone shut that gate i would i would specify that no so it might be old but there is but there is a gate there is the other gate. one's close to the top of the stairs i run up from behind it just shove it down the stairs. He's, no, he's he's nowhere near the top of the stairs. Oh, yet. he hasn't made it that close yet. No, so no, he's 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 not even he's not even into them. There's there's like the mouth of the catacombs, 
and um, I think I've got a map of this actually, but I believe wow. there's uh, the the mouth of the catacombs, and then uh, the the stairs are uh, are a little way in from there. Well, if it's steadily proceeding there, then I then I'll go over and start to try to push him forward. Well, no, actually, I'm going to check and try to move this gate. If we've never seen it move before, yeah, I'm going to be concerned that it's rusted. Well, Yosef is already there, so you can both see if you can get it to move. There we go. I don't know if we have any way to secure it. Chains or maybe there's a lock, but if it hasn't been closed in years, the lock's probably rusted, too. Right, well, the... uh... The the creature on on the bayonet continues to um, to uh, to fight and lash out and um, uh, could you uh, make a dexterity roll for me, please, Tom? Oh no, not a pass. What did you get? I got eighty one out of forty five. 81 out of 45. Well, unfortunately, he, um, it, it also failed, so it doesn't manage to sort of so struggle it's off of your bayonet. It's, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's hard. It's like fishing. Uh-huh. Like you bring in a really big fish because it's, it's like, it's, you know, it's becoming more animated now. It's, it's you know, it's, it's realizing that it, it, it needs to, get away from something that's stopping it from getting somewhere else. It's probably pushing in on it. It's more that it's just sort of twisting from side uh, to side. Like it can't sort of As he's pushing it, I'm just going to run up and hatch at the back of this thing's head. I apologize, Christophe. I don't think it has a brain. Oh. Okay, could you um, roll to hit for um, that strike on the head, and can you give me a penalty dice as well, please? With that, uh, that is a ninety-two out of sixty. So no, I I fail. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, you you try and hit it. It's just bucking around all over the place. Oh, it's still Dupois. I am trying. It's like a fish on a rod. <laughs> Uh, what kind of light were we using? Were we using torches or lanterns? Um, well, there, there there are lanterns about. There are lanterns strung up. There are lanterns on the carts. There are a couple of lanterns on poles um, between the carts and the, the gate. Um, there are a couple of lanterns hanging up at the gate. And there are um, three more lanterns one of which is missing, but they're not lit. There's three unlit mining lanterns next to the gate. And one of the, one of the hooks is empty. That's the one that Rigaud has taken down with him. Okay. I was hoping for more open flame. But just now, see if we could burn one of these. To clarify, Rigaud went back down or he left? He went back down. So he's down there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're going to be kerosene, so or something equivalent of kerosene, oil lamps. So if you wanted to smash one over its head, it would burst into flame. 
but then it's a little harder. <laughs> yeah. More, more hissing, more scrabbling about. Stick your bayonet in it and help I'm, me. I'm going to abandon pushing the gate and just run over and try and club it with the back of my, uh, like a baseball bat. Okay, where whereabouts are you aiming on it? Uh, the back of its legs. Back of its legs. Okay. Um. Yeah. All right. Go. Give, give me a hit roll. Seventy-four. No. Again, you you swing at it, but it's just you know it's it's staggering around and and Dupois moving it from side to side, trying to keep the bayonet in it and, and backing it towards the. The, the gate so it's, it's really very difficult to to sort of it's it's <laughs> it's just randomly bucking about it's very difficult to get a bead on it to, to, to actually strike it I'm, I'm jerking on this gate is it moving at all um we managed to get the the left side of the gate um to to close um it's it's a very rusty old gate uh, but it seems it seems stable enough. Um, just just as you're just you've almost uh, dragged it into there's a there's a there's a, um, there's a hole where the uh, uh, like a bolt goes down into it. Where the, right. Yeah, where the bolt goes down. Um, but you notice that the, the hole is full of dirt. So um, you just sort of moved it to next to that. It's gonna you have to gonna get out your bayonet or something to to clean that out because otherwise it won't drop down. Um, but just as you notice that that hole is, is filled with dirt, um, you see the, uh, the, the second worker, the one holding the pile of bones, um, is almost face to face with you. Um, you just suddenly realize he's just there and he's just, again, just shuffling towards you um that's well, bizarre but i'm not going to antagonize it it could be enough yeah i'm assuming it's, it's another just, disgusting it just, creature it just, it just shuffles straight past you doesn't pay you any attention at all um back to uh dupois and uh, and the others with this thing Cut off you're about, you're about six head. six to seven feet away from the where the gate is, where, where Pressy is at the moment. So I, I uh, cut off its fucking head. Uh, it, while he's holding it there, I'll um, take my knife and just try and cut at it. Cut at its neck. At its neck. Okay. Um, if you give me a hit roll, you're going to need a penalty dice as well. Uh, I try to keep it steady. I even I rolled a ninety six, so even <laughs> there's no. <laughs> it's, it's too flopping around. I just swing it, and he pushes it with a bayonet or something. One way I go, the other. Babon. Babon has turned into a small black cat. Wow. <laughs> um. Can I try a maneuver, which would be to uh, sort of pull my gun to the side and try to use my my weight to just, my strength to just shove the damn thing back? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'll definitely have that, yes. What should I roll? Um, yeah, it could be, yeah, it could be a brawl roll, yes. 
All right. Uh, I got a hard on that one. Uh, okay. 30, 37 out of 85. All right. Well, you managed to swing him around a little bit. And um, you then start, um, you get a little bit of momentum with the swing. Okay. And you just start sort of just, you brace yourself and kind of just start walking him back. Right. Towards the uh, the gate. Okay. I mean, it's 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 very slow because you know it's, it, it, it's a dead weight. Right. Are they getting close to me? Where I am, fussing yes. at that gate. Yeah, they're about they're about they're about four feet away from you now. I'd like to draw my sword and actually attempt to get it through the back of the head or the back of the neck. Okay, well, um, this, 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 this round, I'll, I'll let you, I mean, this round, you could draw your sword and advance towards it. Okay. And, so. and realize, too, that where I am, my head's kind of close to its head at this point, so be a little careful. I'm, I'm steady with my sword. Sure, we both can. <laughs> okay, as you're um, pushing this thing back towards the gate, Impressive, you're drawing your sword. Sir. Advancing. You all saw it. The cat disappeared and Lucas showed up. <laughs> <laughs> you you all you all start closing in on this thing. And um Give me actually give me a spot hidden roll. All of us? Yeah. See that I made. <laughs> that uh, a hundred. Ooh. 88. I failed that one. Okay. Um, Papan drops to his knees and starts scrabbling um, on the floor, um, looking for one of his eyes that's just dropped out. Papan <laughs> <laughs> um, doesn't notice this. <laughs> but uh, anyone, anyone, anyone who's made the role will notice that. Um, who did make the role, by the way? Can you remind me of I did. Okay. Um, well, this is particularly applicable for Dubois because you're, you, you've got um, this, this thing on the end of your bayonet. And I'm like right face to face with it at this point, trying to push it back. You're pushing it back towards the gate. So from where you are, you're pushing this back. And Ujel, you've got a great view of this as well because you're just over Dubois' shoulder. So you can see this just as clearly as he can. You're pushing back this thing, which is stumbling backwards. And just for a moment, there's this instant where suddenly it feels like it's just resisting you and pushing back against you. And then you're able to start moving it again. But at exactly that moment, at the moment that it just pauses for that second and pushes back against you, you hear this clattering of skulls hitting the floor. And the other one at the gate turns round and starts walking towards you. It's walking towards Pressy at the moment, who is oh. the nearest person to it. Behind you. Okay. Well, 
I've got that sort out. So when I can take action, I will. Um, well, yes. I mean, you can, um, given that you're holding a sword, um, I could say that you know, turning, turning round and, and um, slashing at it would essentially be the same, the, 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 the same move. So I, I will let you do that. Okay. Also, these these things have rather low dexterity, so you you will get the drop on it anyway. So, can I do that now, or does someone else need to go? Uh, you may you may do that now if you wish. We can get and then we can get back to the other. All right. Creature. Yeah. After he takes his swing, I'm going to come charging to knock that one down. Put my axe in its skull. Well, I've got a seventy, and I rolled a zero three. Okay. I shall let you have that as a hit. Hail. Is that is that max damage? Um, not on this occasion, because an impale is an impale, isn't it? And you're very clearly just turning around and just blindly slashing at it. Correct. Okay, um, I just thought because of the so success. Yeah. I, I would say I would say it's a crit, but it's not an impale on on this occasion because you, the movement you're using is not an impaling movement. Okay. So. so you cut its throat, but it uh, doesn't bleed, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it bleeds too much. <laughs> and, eight. and in... <laughs> eight damage. Okay. Um... These are like workers slash blood decanters with fancy collectible heads <laughs> <laughs> oh you I mean you, you, you slash it you put a great big um, a great big deep slash in the side of its head um, to to the point that you know as, as, a, as, a, as a well-practiced swordsman and a soldier you are more than familiar with the feeling of, of uh, of your sword um, smacking into human bone. Um, and, and that's what you've definitely just done. You've just, I mean, you, you, you just, you whacked straight into this thing's skull. Have I removed uh, any that, of its, of its costume? Can I see if it's been pieced together or is it still kind of hard to see that? Um, yeah. The, I mean, the hood's still in place. You, you okay. kind of slashed into the hood. You felt, um, uh, the impact you felt the damage that you did more than than actually seeing it you could feel that metal on bone yeah but there's no there's no sign of blood on the hood um and in fact no sign of blood on your sword okay so for the other three um dubois you are continuing to march this thing uh now um Basically, towards Pressy at this at this point. So, at the, at the current moment in time, what's actually happening is that uh, Pressy is at the gate, uh, and on one side you have this this uh, the one that you've just slashed, mm-hmm. and uh, on the other side you have um, the back of another one of these creatures with a, a bayonet sticking out of it. It's sort of advancing towards you slowly. <laughs> well, the thing in front of me can't really turn, so because it's good. Boss, slow down. 
Slow down, Dubois. <laughs> Push the fucking thing into the tunnel. There are more down there. So what are Ujel and Baban doing? Axe out. I'm going to try to take another chunk out of the uh, head of this one that's attacking Pressy. Okay. Um, but I okay. was first. Uh, Seventy. Oh, oh seven. sorry, Dupont. Uh, were you no, doing I anything meant, else other than? I meant that he's helping Pressy instead of me, and I'm the one. <laughs> oh right. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Baban, I'm going to need uh, a penalty dice as well on this. Okay. Um, for the hit on this. Well, that makes it not a crit, but uh, it is still forty-seven out of sixty. So I ax it. Were you and you were? Oh yes, and you were specifically going for the head, weren't you? Okay, roll for damage, please. Uh, ten damage. Okay, you you literally just bury the axe in in this thing's head all the way down to the neck, and it just stops. And you find yourself standing there with um, your axe uh, jammed in the in the neck of this thing. Is it still moving? Uh, no, it oh. just completely stopped moving as as the axe cleaved through the head. It's just like that. No it's still shit. standing though. No, no, no death rattle. It's it's standing, but only in the sense that um, uh, your axe is embedded in it. <laughs> your arm is holding your axe. You are holding it up. So I can feel it like just dead weight pulling down. Yeah, it's. I mean, at the moment your axe comes out, it's going to fall backwards. Okay. Yeah. Or so it's going to fall somewhere. But put it's, my, I mean, put it's my gonna, foot into it and yank the axe. Yeah. Out. I mean, it's going to take you like the rest of this round to get your axe. <laughs> Okay. Because it is deeply embedded into this thing. Make sure you stick your fingers up its butt to see if it's got <laughs> Hey, if if these things have nobles' heads, who knows? Take his trousers off. Take his trousers off. It's only fair he lost. It's the rules. Um, since I'm better at fighting brawl, I still have the dagger in my hand, but I'm just going to see if I could go with two punches at this thing. I haven't been able to connect with it anyway. So okay, I, yeah, make, make a make a brawl roll for me. Dagger uh, counts as brawl too. Twenty five. Oh, does it? Yeah, yeah. Like all like like clubs, basic a small axes. Oh, I would have hit earlier then. Anyway, um, I did a twenty five out of sixty. That I did not know. Good to know. Yep. Only more specialty okay, so, stuff. So, what, which which weapon are you using? Oh, uh, the dagger then. Dagger. Okay, uh, yeah, roll for damage for me. Uh, 1d4. Mm -hmm. uh, four. Okay, you, you launch into it and uh, just start blindly stabbing away. And um, you get, you get what, a, what, what, what you feel um, is, is, is a really solid uh, blow into into its arm. In fact, you, you feel the dagger ram into the bicep and rip all the way down the arm. And um, then as you pull the 
dagger out something sort of comes out of the end of of this thing's arm um, causing you to glance down for a second and uh, more of a trick of the light because uh, you, you it was on, just on the periphery of your vision but it, it wasn't something coming out of the end of, of the arm more just something coming out of its sleeve in fact um, it's a slightly bluish looking rather fine rather delicate woman's arm appears to have just fallen off of this thing like its arm fell off but it's a woman just, just stabbed it in the arm and the arm just fell off and it, yeah it's it's a, it's a quite elegant shapely woman's arm is it is it like he cut it off or that it like fell off like a lizard's tail, just disattached. Yeah, it's just like it fell off. Ew. <laughs> I see this because I'm I'm right there holding yeah. the bayonet. This is so freaking weird. I know the 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 the, the instant that the, the arm comes off, it's as though it's like elevated this thing and it just starts struggling all the more now. Dubois, it's disarmed. Take care of it. I'm trying, but this varmint just won't die, <laughs> Monsieur. <laughs> um, I'm I'm just once again gonna just put all my weight into it and my strength and try to shove it back to the gate. Okay. This is all taking place within a matter of seconds, anyway. So. Uh -huh. Dupois, then, can you give me another brawl roll? Because it's, I think this is going to count as another uh, another maneuver. Uh, Fifty-seven out of eighty-five, so just a regular. Okay, um, you push. Uh, you keep pushing it back towards the gate. Um, Pressy. Yes. Um, Baban has just appeared to your side. Uh, smashed his axe into this thing's head. The thing has just stopped dead in its tracks. Um, and you become aware of uh, your surroundings. That, that, that red rage of, of battle has cleared momentarily, and you are now very much aware that uh, Dubois is marching the other thing straight towards you. And Baban had dropped that axe into the one that had been coming back from the stairs, correct? Yeah. Yes. But okay. Baban yeah. is, is standing next to you. Um, so well, I want to squeeze out of the str way. But struggling to remove his axe from this thing at the moment. I want to squeeze out of the way, but if I can, I want to see if I can get a blow against the, the one that Dupois is pushing at the same time. Um, so I'll you sidestep yeah, and you, swing. You, yes. I mean, you, you, you can certainly... Uh, you can certainly try to attack it. It's, um, I mean, it's got its back to you, so it's essentially it's, uh, it's quite vulnerable. And it's, it's only got one arm. Oh, uh, just a standard success, uh, a fifty-nine. Okay, uh, roll for damage. 
Holy shit. Uh, max damage, 11. Okay. Um, you take uh, a great big swing at this thing. Um, an impact on on its side, on its other arm. And you're quite surprised, really, when... Um, it's almost like your sword just chops right through it. Huh. It's not a clean chop either. I mean, there are, it's it's shattering. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't really feel like hitting a a person. It didn't feel like the same resistance of muscle and bone. No, and- no. It's the the only thing you can think of that that you could compare it to was um, many years ago when you were first doing your saber training uh, back in those good old days of plenty. And it seems almost laughable to you now to, to think that you would have, that people would have done this back in the day. Um, looking back on it from a time like now when your belly's so empty, but there used to be a time when, when they'd hang up the carcasses of pigs and men would practice their, their saber, the young men would practice their saber techniques on those pigs. And that's what it feels like. Hitting, hitting this thing is less like hitting a living person and more like just hitting a side of pork. It's that same crunching of dead bone, that sort of, um, that splintering and at that, absolute lack of resistance and there's and and tension as well when a, when a man resists a, a, a blow you can you can feel the tension in your sword you you you, you could, but this this is just passive there's just no there's no there's no resistance to it it's it's like striking a dead thing and uh, I mean, your, your sword just goes straight into the side of its rib cage, through the arm. Arm drops off, rolls a few feet away from the other one. I don't know what to make of any of this shit. Normally, if I hit somebody with a sword, they're still living, and uh, and it's nothing like this. But I do make sure I get out of the way so the plot can come through. Now, for those of you um, listening to this on the on the podcast, um, I, I'd, I'd like to to uh, to paint a picture of um, four uh, very frightened soldiers um, on a hot summer's night, standing outside the catacombs, fighting what is essentially the Venus de, de Milo with the head of an old man on it. <laughs> So that's that's where we are in our story at the moment. It's just a um, flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this at this stage, I mean, I'm just going to let you just sort of march this thing about, really, because I mean, at this stage, it's got no arms. Well, um, its capacity to attack you by doing anything other than than headbutting you or uh, po- possibly biting you is is very min- minimal. Um, it's essentially, I mean, it's, it's mean machine, mean machine angel. If he didn't have his big metal arm, it's just a guy with no arms. You know? I'm, uh, I'm going to abandon my attempt to push it backwards, and 
at the same time, I will, I will yell, get that fucking gate closed. And I'm going to pull my, I'm going to pull my bayonet out and attempt to hack its head off with the, the bayonet. I, are bayonets well, sharp like knives on the sides? No, they are purposely blunt. Okay. They're sharp on the point, but mm-hmm. all right. So that I probably wouldn't do. But if we can get it knocked down to the ground, then we can chop its head off. Just now, close before the next ones come out. While while he they're taking this one out, I want to make a dash to the lanterns, grab the four lanterns if I can that are hanging, and get back out of the gate. Okay. Um, I thought for me you, you were going to dash over and do a Three Stooges like thing and just sort of kneel down behind it. And oh, I was going to do that when you first started pushing it, but yeah. Now we. <laughs> that was one of the first things I thought of, but then I figured it would land right on top of me. So. <laughs> okay, well you you grab the lamp. That's no problem at all. There's the three three lanterns remaining there. Um, Pressy, uh, you you start um, attempting to close the other side of the gate. Um, at which point you realize that there is actually a chain on the gate and a big padlock. Um, all of which would be quite useful were it not for the fact that currently that that chain and that big padlock are being used to secure the other gate to um, a large hasp on the wall. Uh, holding it open. Yes. No, I can't do anything about that. I can maybe. <laughs> do, do, I think, do I think if I shoot it with the musket, I could I could damage a lock like that enough to, no. to get it loosened? No. Nah. Okay. Nah. And, and then what would you do? You wouldn't have a you wouldn't have a lock. Well, I wasn't Did expecting you... to have a lock to begin with. I figured we'd have to get creative with, with keeping I it closed. Could, I could try and pick the lock, but at the moment I'm fighting off. Uh, uh, the Black Knight, or whatever we want to call it. Yuzhou, can you can you can you get this thing open? I cannot. I have a mechanical repair. That's all. I don't have lockpick, unfortunately. Or, I thought uh, mechanical repair worked as lockpick. I've no? got lockpick. So. Oh. Yeah, I've just got mechanical repair as well as an engineer. I had so, done yeah. many things in my times that are not so. Uh... <laughs> And I'm sure four trained soldiers can be, you know, subdue this armless creature at this point. Has, has Babon recovered his axe? I'm going to say by this point, yes, he has recovered his axe. Yeah, so rip, and then I come after can the I, other one. Can I at this point try to trip the thing and knock it down onto the ground? Uh, you can, yes. Yeah, so I'll just treat that as a, as a standard maneuver. Okay. Uh, yes, pass. So I knock it down. Yep, okay. It has fallen to the ground. Okay. Then, yeah, I just kind of come up and bring my axe down on the neck of this thing. Okay. Um, Now, usually, there would be a penalty roll, a penalty die on rolls to target the head uh, because... That's quite difficult. However... However, however, um, 
it's also prone. So I'm going to say that cancels it out. So just give me a normal to hit roll. And it doesn't have arms too. Oh, I actually rolled the penalty die anyways, and both of those were zeros. So I made up for that hundred I got earlier with an O five. Um, so yeah, extreme success. Bring the axe down. And then okay, I'm, well I'm just I'm just going to treat that as a as a coup de gras. Actually, I'm I'm going to say that um, you either cleave it in in two, or you could even use the back of the axe and just smash the, the, yeah. the pulpit. Um, and again, as, as soon as you um, destroy the head like that, it's... Um, no, no death rattle, no shaking. It just it just stops. Like breaking the spring in a mechanism of some sort. Yeah. Pry my axe back up and look at Pressy and say, it is perhaps best if your wife does not hear of this. I'm going to try to uh, unlock the lock. Pick Are you not going to save the head and bring it to her as a present? <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to stay married. Look who <laughs> I met at work. You'll never guess who I ran into. She'll say, that's the same present you brought me three months ago. <laughs> yeah. Your dad's home. Uh, uh, I'm going to go try will, to pick the lock. I will be my friend. I will call him Wilson. <laughs> I'm gonna stand next to the fly and watch his watch down the tunnel and make sure nothing's approaching. I want to grab a lit lantern in case I have to chuck it down the stairs at something. Well, okay, Mick, you haven't actually said that's okay for me to do. So, yes, yeah. that's fine. Future, yes, I got uh, 17, and my uh, my uh, locksmithing is 55. So nice. No, it's not okay. a hard, but it's Yes, you you take um. Uh, a tiny, crudely made dagger with a handle wrapped with string uh, and a lockpick, and you do this for a while because oh. that's how you unpick locks. <laughs> <laughs> a knife and a lockpick, and you go like you got to get it just yeah, just just right till and you don't want to break so after after <laughs> applying the, the Bethesda technique, uh, <laughs> you open, you pop open the uh, the padlock. Okay, let's get this this locked, and if we can. Okay, um, you. Uh, are, you are the guys? It's already gone by this point. Oh, the, yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. Did they leave their horses and carts, or did? They... No, 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 no. The horses and carts have gone. The horses, the carts, cleared out very rapidly, thundered off up the road. Um, you drag the gate across. Ah. Uh, and then make really an awful discovery. There are two parts to the gate, one on the left, right. one on the right. The left part is, is now shut and you're closing the right part. And it's only when you get to uh, the, the closed position that you realize that um, Two gates don't 
entirely reach each other. How much space is left? Was the chain is the chain long enough, or the chain? The chain is is definitely long enough to to chain the two sides together. But it looks like over the years, perhaps the the, the one on the right has suffered a bit of rust and at some point someone's just come along and they've just trimmed the rusty bit off the end of the gate is so it, that there's there's about two and a half feet of space between the two gates which is um more than enough space for any of you to just sort of dip between <laughs> dip under the chain and walk in so it's i mean it, it really it doesn't, okay. it doesn't achieve anything. It shouldn't. does. Basically. I'm still going to lock it. And I mean, you can't. Yeah, you can't. You could. You couldn't take a cart in there. And at this, or a point, very, very, very fat man. Well, of which there are none in Paris at this moment. I can assure you, two of them can't come out at the same time. So I won't like it. What I'll do is I'll lock that gate, and now if anything tries to get out, it's going to have to try to crawl out. And we'll just stand there and hack its head off when it tries. Well, to I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that the, the, the chances of, of, of one of those things, I mean, it, it would take quite a while for one of those things to realize that it had to sort of duck down or crawl right. under the chain to get through it. It, it would. It, so at this point, it just makes it really easy to kill them when they try to get yeah. out. That's one or of those very, things. At the very least, but, but if, not, not necessarily Dr. Rigaud. Yeah. Somebody needs to... Somebody needs to alert more authorities so that we can get people here to help us. Do we have a th do we have people who are higher up than we are that we know of? Or, I mean, obviously we're soldiers. And... I mean, they're uh... the captain is dead. Who do we tell? I, I, we've been soldiers for five years or four years. We've got to be taking orders from somebody or. Um, perhaps a committee. Beaumont, find him and his uh, block captain or wh whoever he is working with. I don't even know where he is. Um, are there are there gendarmes? Are there police at this point in time? Definitely not police. Um, no, there police. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the nearest to law enforcement is you. Yeah, it's probably us in, like, the, the you know, night watch that's out looking for fires and stuff. What are we going to do? We have the undead and maybe the doctor being controlled by Fenelik. I think the doctor is dead. We I think... Oh, sorry. Go, go, go. I think the doctor... Uh, was reading a little too much into Fenelek's work. But regardless, whether he's dead or whether he has turned himself into a monster, the end result is the same. Yeah, more on holy mess like we just found five years ago. I bet you're regretting not going into the priesthood now, eh? Uh, more importantly, what is this? What are they doing down there? Obviously, they don't care about putting the dead... But if he is able to reanimate the dead, he's building a fucking army of the undead underneath the city in the catacombs. Oh, please do not say that. And I'm going to go grab one of the skulls. I'm sorry, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> grab one, I'm going to grab up one of the skulls that's uh, been dropped 
is there anything weird about this skull? Is anything? Has it been prepared in any way? No, it's it's a it's, it's a, a it's a normal human skull. Um, right. I smash uh, it. Anything inside? Um, just uh, normal human remnants of decayed brain matter. Do we have anything in this area that, since we're here day after a day, sorry, um, sorry, could I just go back to Baban for a second? Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. Baban, could you could you make a luck roll for me, please? Oh, good. Uh, eighteen out of fifty, I make it. I guess hard. Okay, that's fine. Okay, uh, on this occasion, you do not contract gas gangrene. Oh. From smashing open. Is there just this like foul vapor that comes out of it and like a fall? Oh, yes. Yeah. Down a, in the background. Such, such is the stench of the catacombs on a July evening um, that, that your chances of distinguishing the, the stench from that broken skull from the general stench of the catacombs is very unlikely. You'd have to probably be a bloodhound to distinguish the two. I mean, it's uh, it, when you get within about 10 feet of the opening of the catacombs, there's just this miasma. Oh, a feta. That's feta with uh, an O-U-R, meaning uh, a fetid smell, not feta, um, the, the, the Greek cheese. Which is um, <laughs> very nice in a salad. Um, what are we going to do, my friends? Uh, I think we're just opening up a whole can of worms like we did a few years ago. I'm trying to close this can of worms. We have three good lanterns. We could trade two and put some wine and some food in our belly and go back to the barracks. But what about these monsters? We must. We give it a little while. We wait until Rigo returns. Then we Chop off fire, a, fire a volley into him. I don't think bullets are going to do anything unless you blow up his skull with a bullet. Could we I have all, some, some listen rolls, please? We, we all know that, that the last one was a vampire. <laughs> so I passed. 55 out of 70. What was that? Oh. A listen roll, right? Yes. Yeah, what is going on? Why did you oh, all no, no, stop no. talking? 55 out of 55. I'm sorry. U- Ugel, um, you, you're, not, you're not sure because of the, uh, the, the, the sound of your comrades talking. Um, but you, 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 you think you might be able to hear the, the sound of someone coming up the stairs. I, I wave my hand. And I point towards the uh, gates. All right. Loaded guns out. Yeah. It's my low battery sound. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he has been perverted like Fenelec. Well, once that was whatever. The, just said that was the rattling of some, but that was something that Bones. was <laughs> <laughs> on some skulls as they went past, <laughs> making uh, it a rudimentary xylophone. Uh, well, just get ready. We're going to chop these things off, whatever it heads okay. off. Okay, it, it doesn't take long. It's 10, 15 seconds later, and you, you, you start seeing the, the telltale hump of another one of these uh, 
hooded figures. I'm sorry, monsieur, you will have to climb on your hands and knees to get out. Now, the gates are like this with a space in between, correct? Two foot yeah, space. Quite, yeah. quite, I'm, quite I'm, space. Mm -hmm. Can I run to the farthest part of the gate? Like, so that the middle's here. I want to go to the opposite side so there would be a wall and the gate and, and, and try and get its attention away from the opening. Yeah. I don't think he's paying he's attention. Well, there's a chain across the opening. Right. I'll tell you now that they, 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 they don't seem to react to your presence. Okay. I thought it was like kind of ravenous. I mean, for, for, the, for the most part, um, if, if, if they're, if, they're um, if you don't interfere with them, then they just literally, they just walk out up the stairs. They get to where the chain is and then they just sort of bump into the chain. Okay. Um, and the first one bumps into the chain and takes a couple of steps back and walks forward again and bumps into the chain. And then soon the, the second one that's with it arrives behind it. And then you have this bizarre um, spectacle of uh, one of them taking a step forward, bumping into the chain, bumping back. He bumps into the one behind him that's taking a step forward, who then steps back and takes a step forward, knocking him into the chain. And this is like the sort of Newton's cradle. They're just, um, that's great. And they don't, it, it, it seems that they don't even have the capacity to, 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 to work out that they should duck, duck or move out of the way of the other one. They're just, they're just stuck in this. Uh, in our estimation from, from today's proceedings, how many of these do we think there are? Um, well, as I said before, one of your duties was to count the number of people who go down into the catacombs and to make sure that the same, make sure the same number of people come up afterwards. So you know that there were 12 workers who went down in, into the catacombs with and him. And we've killed two of them. And you have killed two of them. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm wondering... What if we catch them on fire? Is there danger of burning down the whole city? Um, it's been very hot and dry recently. So. Well, and I imagine there's lots of dead bodies down below in the catacombs that just amount to dry fuel to burn. Well, um, the catacombs also, on fire. Bones and I mean, I think the danger with the catacombs. Um, Given that you have been down in the catacombs uh, and the catacombs are extremely dusty, I think the danger with fire in the catacombs is is the dust. It, yeah. it, it would be a dust explosion. So we would we would avoid that idea. Well, um, with them bounced up against that uh, chain, then that I mean, especially if the one's being kind of pushed up against it by the other one, I just want to. If, if it weren't for the fact through. that you knew what was under those hoods, it would almost be quite comical. Yeah, but um, the, the the fact that you, you you're aware of the, of the of the obscenity that's that's underneath these things is uh, is there is there a, a can we uh, find a cart or something uh, nearby to block the entrance? I think um, there are there are a couple of hand carts. Um, in, they're they're not um, perhaps. Uh, in the best of condition. Uh, if they were working, they wouldn't have been abandoned here. Um, 
but you know they'll they'll have that like, one wheel or, uh, or or one of the one of the handles for pushing them might be broken or something would be in some way damaged. But you'd be able to just sort of you know, manhandle it and now, use it to block the gap between the the gates. Yes. There, um, there were some bones on the floor that were dropped, and when the guys with the carts took off, did they spill any bones out? Um, yeah, there, there would have been a little bit of spillage. Yeah. My thought process is, if we just kind of put the bones through the gate on the floor, will they pick them up and just walk back downstairs with the bones? Well, we could eventually come back up again. Yeah. yeah, but we can keep them busy by giving them a bone at a time until we figure out what to do. If anything, I say we kill them now, one at a time as they come up. And actually, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up to that, you know, as they bump against the chain, just I'm going to try to bury my axe in the first one's head. And then... Uh, Don't accidentally hit the chain and break the chain. <laughs> right now, they're, they're, they're creating their own effective plug. Yes. Yeah. Remembering, if you will, the, uh, the, the children's rhyme. Uh, Nick, knack, paddy, whack. Give a hideous reanimated uh, cadaver... A bone. A bone. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to give him the bone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, I guess... Is there a second watch that's going to come on duty at some point? You'll never guess what happened to us. <laughs> well, they, 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 they come on at, um, at dawn. <laughs> which is um, some hours away yeah. we should eliminate as many as we can before uh, Rigaud comes back well I thought if Rigaud can't get to us he's, he's behind 12 of them if he wants to get back I think I think Rigaud is one of them yeah and that's what I was saying before we all know what Fenelac was pal you said you had something on his neck. I mean, it's not a leap of faith to suggest that he's also perverted now. It could be lividity. He could be pale because he died and all of the blood sunk to the back of his body and now he's walking around because Fenelick is uh, something controlling something. him. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, Sajan, you are in charge. You tell us what we must do. In X we trust, and I'm going to hit the first one in the head. I mean, to be honest, um, just to just to go back to the Rigaud thing for a moment um, mm -hmm. before we get on to the combat, though, um, he's very pale, and he has this strange mottled patch on his neck. Um, but his, his paleness doesn't strike you as as that unusual, given given that you know up until a few years ago, people habitually made themselves right. up to look that pale. Right, but upstanding citizens don't usually show up on a cart with uh, 12 reanimated corpses. What if... Well, not as a rule, but I mean, these, these are right. unusual times, you know. <laughs> uh, what, if, what if we have all made a mistake here? You mentioned it to yourself. What if Rigaud has been delving into the magic of Fenelik in his books, and he is the one who is reanimating the corpse? Well, that's, that's what I was saying. Well, I didn't say he reanimated, but if he 
is taking on the path of Fenelik, maybe he is the one. Still, I don't know what to do at this point other than just stand here. And well, you said we just chop the heads off of each one and keep our our bodies out of being grabbed by one of them. And as soon as Rugo pops his head up around that corner, have your rifles ready to fire. Um, actually, it should be fairly easy since they don't seem to resist until after you've damaged them. So you should be able to get yourself in position and when one comes to the gate, you just cut its head off. Well, on that, on that note, let's go back to Baban, who was uh, about to attack uh, the, right. the front one. So would you like to uh, roll um, to here? Are you, are you targeting the head? Um, yes. In which case, there will be um, a penalty dice, please. Okay. I mean, since, since there's, there's no urgency on this, can I kind of, I guess, take the time to aim and just like, you know, wait till it bounces off, goes back, and then comes up again to like... Um, okay, yes, if, you, if you're doing that, then I'll say that cancels yeah. out the need for a penalty dice, so okay. just do it as, a, as a standard. Okay. Uh, and on that one, uh, 13 to whack it in the head. Um, out of 60, so hard success. Okay, roll for damage, please. Uh, nine damage. Nine damage. Excellent. Okay. Um. All right. You, you you hit it in the head, doing um. What you imagine is quite a large amount of damage, but it's 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 got its hood on. You can't. Really, all you see is your your axe buries into the hood, and then you pull it out again. Um. It feels like you've done it quite a lot of damage, but um, at the the very moment um, the, that axe um, slams into its head, uh, both the, the the creature in front of you and the one behind it um, just Bobby. just slip into that um, enraged state instantly. And uh, the the uh, the one at the front hurls itself towards you, missing, but just sort of blindly lashing out at you, um, uh, while the other one um, sort of just slams into the gate and just is almost like it's trying to sort of just like force itself, push itself through the gate to get to you. Now for the bayonets, boys. Well, I'm thinking, uh, Prasi, if you just stand to the side, if they stick their arms out, you just slice them off like a <laughs> that like works a slicer. Uh, I can I can do that if someone sticks an arm through. They apparently have no brains. Yeah, I'm just gonna stand in in front of them and just rile them up, keep them focused on me, and then when they grab at me, I'm gonna let Prasi do his thing. We'll chop these. Uh, Come on, you bastards. Come get me. Turn these monsters into merda. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I won't make you um, roll for that because that's <laughs> you know, it's quite simple. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're a static target. Um, Pressy, um, 
you, you you chop off enough limbs from these things to realize that there's something pretty weird going on here. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> like you, you're getting like sort of you know these these things are sticking their arms through the the, the bars and over the chain to try and get at you and Baban and. You would think, particularly in a state of decomposition, you would think that raising up your, um, raising up your saber, and uh, bringing it down on an arm like that, bringing it down right in the crook of the elbow, you would think that you would just sever that arm at least partially. Um. And in fact, that's in, in, in several cases, that's what does happen. You do partially sever the arm. But in every single case, as soon as you do a certain degree of damage to the arm, it just sort of falls off. And not where you're cutting, it falls off at the shoulder. Uh, are they sutured? Are these like sutures coming loose? No, it definitely it looks it looks like it's just sort of falling um, like a lizard's tail, kind of like that, and and just you, you get the impression. I mean, like looking at the um, the color of these limbs, um, which are, are ranging from anywhere from a sort of gray blue color to a an almost black. Um, it occurs to you that these these um, these workers, these carcasses, these creatures uh, are, are in um, in some areas or in some cases um, seem to be in in a in a in a state of decomposition. I mean, one of them was certainly easier to chop through than the other, um, but in both cases you have this same phenomenon of. Just limbs just dropping off. When the limbs drop off, do they continue to move in any way? No. Okay. Not at all. They're, they're absolutely lifeless. This flesh is, it is dead already. It should not be moving. He is, must be using the bodies of the people who are being guillotined to make these monstrosities. I'm going to take my bayonet and take a couple seconds to aim, and when the thing moves forward, I'm just going to hit it right between the eyes and into its brain. Okay, make a roll for that, please. I'll give you, I'll actually, um, yeah, we'll say that that's going to, that aiming will offset the penalty points. Then, so just normal, okay. normal hit. Uh, oh, yeah, 31. Easy. Um, yeah, so you, you um, I'll treat it as a coup de grace. You, um, you, you, you pick up your musket, and... Uh, squinting through one eye, you aim and you plunge that bayonet square into, into the middle of its forehead, um, firmly opening its third eye and, uh, and, and it's, 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 its lights go out. Um, as uh, the one behind, what's new? No, don't tell me what's new on StarCraft. I've just turned you off. There we are. Um, the second one, um, sort of banging its head 
against the uh, the gate next to you as this now goes it's on. Got a, it's got a dead body laying in front of the... And again, from the stairs, you can hear that now familiar sound of uh, that soft, that strange, soft creeping noise. And it's it's quite strange. You hear the noise, and it's, it's quite, it almost almost strikes you as, as as ludicrous, really. That how have you managed to fight so many of these things before and not realise that they're barefooted? How did you not notice that when they came into the caverns? But they, they don't seem to be wearing boots. They're just um, some of them are barefooted. Some of them are just cloth tied around their feet. I guess you don't notice the, 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 the feet of people as they're walking in and out in the, in, in the dark like that. But, um, but uh, we know that when they cut people's heads off that they, uh, they take their boots because they're poor people who want their boots. <laughs> this is true, this is true. Wow. All right. Well, I think I think we'll leave it at that for now. Okay. That's so, a good spot. So we could conceivably, the way things are going in this game at the moment, we could conceivably stand at that gate, killing those things for quite some time to come. At the moment. Yeah. Our camp, um, sorry, uh, our players included Fred Carter, Luke Strong, Jason Melnichok, and myself, who <laughs> want us the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel, and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments. We like reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.